You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. waiting for Cliff. <laughs> so Tracy and I uh, missed you all uh, last week. We had the uh, opportunity and blessing to go to uh, California a uh, week before last. Got to visit my mom. Uh, we got to stay with her. Got to see a couple sisters, uh, brother-in-laws, nephews, uh, nieces, and I got to go to a three-day uh, church conference, so we had a lot of fun. Actually hit 122 going through uh, India, which we took the 10. So great to be back, and I uh, had a nice, uh, fun time with my mom and family. So we've been in a uh, series entitled Be Free, going through the book of Galatians. Pastor James spoke the first three weeks. Pastor Mike uh, spoke the last two weeks, and there you see on the screen what they talked about, and I would uh, highly recommend, if you guys weren't able to be here with vacations, what have you, we've got a podcast online. Uh, take advantage of that, so I encourage you to do that. So today I want to talk about uh, living God's way. We have a lot of examples of people not living God's way. So an extreme example would be Hitler. A current example would be Assad, the uh, Syrian president, you know, gassing some of his own people to death. Bring it a little bit closer. We um, have no civility in our communication and conversations in our country. So think about the Democrats and the Republicans yelling and screaming at each other, hating each other, thinking about the hate and the lies in the media and in newspaper and on TV. Bring it even closer. We've all seen people not live God's way, and we see brokenness in our friends, in our families, and in our lives. And I'm sure that I could uh, ask each of one each one of you, or you could think of a time where you didn't follow God's way and you paid consequences. So today I want to talk about um, how to live God's way. If you do that, you're going to serve others with love, and your life is going to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. So you may be new to church today, you may be new to this God thing, to Christianity, but I bet you'd like more love, joy, peace in your life. So question for everybody. Raise your hand if you'd like more love, joy, or peace in your life. Wow, almost everybody and the rest of you are lying. So, let's uh, talk about how we can do that. If you get out your message notes, I think that'll help you follow uh, along in the sermon. 
So how do you live God's way so that you're free and bear fruit? Let's look at Galatians 5, 13 through 15. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So point number one today, don't use your freedom to sin. Instead, serve one another with love. Don't use your freedom to sin. Instead, serve one another with love. So first, Paul states that we've been called to live in freedom. Then he differentiates between freedom to sin and freedom to serve. Freedom, or license to sin, is no freedom at all because it enslaves us. Uh, John Stout is a pastor um, that served 25 years in London, a real respected pastor. Found a quote of his that I really like. Christian freedom is freedom from sin, not freedom to sin. It is an unrestricted liberty of approach to God and his children not an unrestricted liberty to wallow in our own selfishness. So how should Christians use their freedom? We should serve one another in love. In Galatians 5.13, love is a key word. So you see on your screen there, freedom plus love equals service to others. Freedom minus love can lead us into selfishness. So how do we serve others with love? When I thought about this question, the bigs came to mind right away to me. So what are the bigs? The bigs are living words, health, and heartbeat. So right up front, I am passionate and I am big on the bigs. So we're going to go through them here and talk about how we can serve each other and love using them. So B, best Sunday worship service. Best Sunday worship service. So... Why do we want the best Sunday worship service? Well, we want to reach as many people as possible with the good news of Jesus Christ. Everybody needs Jesus. God never made anybody that he didn't love, that he doesn't have a special plan and purpose for. So to do that, we need everybody here to use their gifts and talents on Sunday mornings. Everybody. Everybody is a 10 somewhere. So God can use you guys. So I encourage you to do that. I invest one day a week into an LWC small group. So how do you love through a small group? Well, you can pray for people in your group. You can encourage them. You could host a group. You can bring snacks. A couple personal examples um, for Tracy and I, uh, really for me, about a year ago, Tracy herniated a disc in her back. So our group brought dinners. So this guy really appreciated it. And so did Tracy as she's laying there on her back. The other example, when our son died about three and a half years ago, the group, small group was incredible. 
coming to the hospital, crying with us, praying with us, filling the house with groceries, cleaning the house. Megan and Brianna, a couple of the young gals, came and walked our dogs for three or four weeks. So that's the kind of, you can do, you can serve others with love through the eye. G, give family what they need, your time. So we, we need to spend time with our kids, our spouses, our parents, you know, eat with them, be good listeners. Uh, I read about dads and have heard about dads that say, hey, I, I buy my wife and kids everything they need. Why are they not happy? Dads, kids need you. They need your time, not things. S is strive to make a difference in your community. So how can you do that? You may have the gift of coaching. And I'm looking, I see a couple guys here that are doing that. We have helped at Monta Vista School. We've helped out, this is LWC as a whole, we've helped out at Hayden High School. We've helped out at San Manuel. So you can do stuff like that. Help your neighbors. And in one specific example is uh, the group that I've been blessed to be a part of, small group for a couple years, we helped at the Gospel Rescue Mission. And I think we got a picture. We helped about a year ago there. And we cooked, you know, we prepared the meal. We served the guys. We cleaned up. And, you know, you're cooking in those. It's hot. And it was a lot of work, but it was just incredible joy. You can talk to anybody on there. It was just an incredible, incredible experience. So I encourage you guys to make a difference in your community. So again, passionate about the bigs. Uh, Pastor James did a, um, if you want more detail, did a sermon, I believe it was the first four weeks of the year where he went into detail on the B-I-G-S. So life-changing, but you gotta practice them. So we've got a, we're gonna have a short video here and it's gonna be about our 101 to 401 classes that we teach at LWC. So if we could watch that, please. God wants you to take your next step spiritually. Living Word Chapel classes are all about those next steps. Class 101 Connect is the basic introduction to our church family. You'll learn about our beliefs on salvation, our statement of purpose, and our church's vision and structure. Class 201 Grow will help you develop the habits you need to jumpstart your spiritual maturity. It will give you an overview of the four basic spiritual habits every Christian needs in order to grow. Class 301 Serve. We believe that every member of our church is a minister. During this class, you will learn how God can use your spiritual gifts, heart or passions, abilities, personality, and experiences to minister to others. Class 401 Reach. God has designed you for a specific mission. 
This class is designed to help you discover and dive into God's mission field, learn how to see your life story through certain themes, and write down your personal testimony. Sign up today and see how you can benefit from these life-changing classes. So the classes are incredible, key part to our purpose and mission, vision here. When I thought about how do you serve others with love, I thought about the classes. If you put into practice what you learn in those classes, do the habits, you are going to become more like Jesus every day. So we offer just a quick overview for everybody. We teach one class a month, the first uh, Sunday of the month. So we do 101 in January, 201 February, 301, the serve class in March, and then so on, so that each class is taught three times a year. So next up will be Sunday, August 6th, 9 o'clock right here will be the 401 REACH class. Friday night I was looking at a book called uh, Shape, great book published by Zondervan in 2006, and it goes into detail on your shape. And I'm going to focus on a 301 class because that's about serving. And uh, Rick Warren wrote the foreword to that, and he had this quote. Before God created you, he decided what role he wanted you to play on earth. He planned exactly how he wanted you to serve him, and then he shaped you for those tasks. You are the way you are because you are made for a specific contribution on earth. God never wastes anything. He would not give you abilities, interests, talents, gifts, personality, and life experiences unless he intended to use them for his glory. So if you've not taken 301, the serve class, really encourage you to take that. You're going to learn about your sweet spot, sweet spot for serving. You're going to go over your uh, spiritual gifts, heart, ability, personality, and experiences. Some of you have taken 301, but as part of 301, you do a shape profile in the class, and then you get a one-on-one -on -one interview to really hone in on your sweet spot and see where God wants to use you. So it's okay. If you took it five years ago, three years ago, a year ago, you can refresh that shape. You could retake the class if you wanted to, but I encourage you to go have that shape interview. Some of you have had, have taken the 301 class, had done the shape profile, had the interview, but you're not serving. Again, back to that best Sunday morning uh, service experience. We need you. God's team needs you. I know you've got great gifts out there. Everybody's a 10 somewhere. Let's use those gifts. Uh, uh, Pastor James mentioned it quick, but a great uh, opportunity to serve is coming up July 24th to 28th the uh, Mega Sports Vacation Bible School. We've got 43 people signed up, so I encourage you to do that. Kids don't know when we mess up, when we goof up, so good, good time to, to jump in. They won't know it if you mess up. Big note for myself here in bold, make sure kids in your life don't miss out on this opportunity. Invite them. 
friends, neighbors, co-workers, kids. You'll change them forever. And then uh, Pastor James talked on this, but I just put urgent, important serving opportunity, the city, the people of Dudleyville. And we'll get you more information on that. So a quick summary of, of point one is let's serve others with love. Let's serve others with love. So point two today, how do we live God's way so that we're free and bear fruit? Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Let the Holy Spirit guide your life. What in the world does that mean? Let's look at Galatians 5, 16 through 21 and then discuss it. Starting in verse 16, Paul challenges us to look in the mirror and to see the inner struggle that we all have, the battle within. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So that's living how you want to live, selfishly. Christian way to say it would be living in the flesh. Picking up in verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Those two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, living God's way, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow desires of your, of your sinful nature, again, that's living how you want to live, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So some of those words at the uh, end of the verse apply to me more than I want to admit. Too many of us are living by the flesh, living how we want to live, not God, not the Spirit. We're believing a lie that our lives will be better or happier by gratifying and living by the flesh. Living by the flesh is hurting us and it's hurting others around us. The truth is, we've all done this. I have and you have. We should have a picture now of my uh, grandson. There he is. What a cutie. Does he look like he would give me any trouble? No, he's a little angel. So, the side note, I just had no idea how great grandparenting would be. It is so, so, so wonderful. He loves Tracy and I, but the good thing is, he loves me a little bit more. <laughs> oh, Tracy's here. I can't say that. No, uh, truth be told, uh, my daughter, son-in-law, Cruz and Knox, that's uh, Cruz's little brother, went to JW Marriott for a couple days uh, I went over Monday to visit him. So Cruz sees me. He says, where's Grandma? <laughs> so uh, Cruz and I go to Costco 
um, quite a bit. We went a couple weeks ago, took this picture. You see, got a little Batman book with characters. Uh, got done shopping. We had Tracy's SUV, so uh, popped the back open. Cruz got excited because he saw that, where he could kind of run in there and he could jump over. So picked him up, took him out, kind of talking, putting the groceries in. And then I said, Cruz, you know, it's time to get in your car seat, go home, see Grandma and your brother. He says, no, I don't want to listen. Am I going to get a spanking? I said, no, but you need to get in the car seat. So anyway, the, the truth is, we're all like that. I'm like that. You're like that. We don't want to listen to any authority. We don't want to listen to people. We want to do, we want to do our own thing. We want to do what we want to do. This is living in the flesh, not God's way. So we see the destructive power of sin in, these, in the verses I read. And we look at lives that have been destroyed by giving into the flesh. Yet we seem to have uh, such little power to resist. It starts as a small issue. We may not even see it, but then it can get a grip on us. In verse 17, Paul describes the two forces conflicting within us, the Holy Spirit and the sinful nature. Paul is not saying, is not saying, that these forces are equal. The Holy Spirit is infinitely stronger. But if we rely on our own wisdom, we will make wrong choices. If we try to follow the Spirit by our own human effort, we will fail. Our only way to freedom from our evil desires is through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So why don't people live by the Spirit? Some of us don't, just don't know about it. We've never been told about it. There's a lack of information. We don't know. It's available to us. If we have heard about it, it may sound weird. I'm not sure I want anything weird. Some of us think we don't need it. That's only for weak people. I have my life together. Everything's fine. Yes, I have God in my life. Of course I've got God in my life. He's in the cage over there where he can behave himself and stay out of my way. We think that we have our lives organized. We don't need the power of God in our life. Some more reasons why we don't live by the Spirit. We have unconfessed sin or something we don't want to let go of or feel that we can't let go of. We become focused on things of the world and never really give thought to the things of the Spirit. Some of us think, if I really live by the Spirit, God might require too much of me and I'm not willing to give give him everything. So we miss out on the fullness of life, of the life in Christ, because we are not available to the fullness of the Spirit of Christ in us. So there's many reasons why people don't live by the Spirit. So what's it mean when you hear people say walking or living by the Spirit? Oftentimes in Scripture, we see the idea of walking, what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about a lifestyle, how you live your life. Does walking in the Spirit mean I'm going to float around in a trance, all blurry-eyed and acting funny, and talking weird and speaking in hushed tones, using only special religious language? No, that's not what it means. God, does, God doesn't want us to be weird, and he doesn't ask us to be weird. Tell the person next to you that God doesn't want you to be weird. Go ahead, tell them. 
Wow, that was fun. I know that was going to be so much fun. So here's another piece of news for you. God does not want you to be religious. He wants you to be real. He wants us to be able to show the world what life is all about, the freedom, what freedom really looks like. He wants us to be real, not religious. So when the Bible's talking about living in the Spirit, it's talking about your lifestyle, the choices you make, your code of ethics, the values you live your life by, the character that's being developed in you. The next fill in here, to walk by the Spirit means to live God's way. To walk by the Spirit means to live God's way. Galatians 5.16 in the New King James Version, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So it doesn't say if you walk in the Spirit, you will not have the lust of the flesh. You'll never be above temptation. Even Jesus was tempted. It says if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will never be sinless, but you can sin less. It also does not say fulfill the lust of the flesh, and then you will walk in the Spirit. Some people read the verse backwards. We think if we behave ourselves and don't do anything wrong, then I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's not how it works. You'll be focused on the wrong things. The true confession, I sin, I mess up, I don't want to. I sin because I like the sin. We do things out of passion. We're driven by our passions. We sin because we have a passion for something. We believe joy will come out of it. So some examples from my life. Sometimes I get thoughts in my mind. And I think, where in the world did those come from? You know, I'd be embarrassed to tell you guys. Jeff's life before Christ at Michigan State, drunkenness, wild parties. I struggle with pride, thinking I know better than other people. I still quarrel with people at times. I have outbursts of anger. I have selfish ambition. But I can say, as I live more by the Spirit every day, these things are happening less and less in my life. The only way to get rid of an old passion is to get a new passion. My new passion is to bring many people to me, with me, to heaven. This has been especially true since our son died at age 29, three and a half years ago. At my son's memorial service, I told everybody before he died, I was all in for God. 100% committed, but I'm redoubling my, my efforts for God. And uh, Satan picked on the wrong family. 
During our transformation campaign, during session one of the small group study, which most of you did, um, Pastor Rick challenged us at the end of the study. He said, hey, why don't you guys, why don't you pray for everybody in your group and pray as a group that each person in your group will reach one person for Jesus this year. So our group took that challenge. So we're praying for each other Thursday night and every day um, during the week, I'm praying, Father, would you help Cliff and Glenna, Tracy and I, Leroy and Loretta, Alan, Kathy, Whitney, Roy, Dave, Vicki, Al, Marcia, Chris, would you help us reach one person for you this year? Let's see what God does. So encourage you guys to do that. Really, really challenge you, everybody here. Pray that you would reach one person for Jesus this year, and let's see what God does. We average about 300 people here on the weekend services. If everybody reached one person for Jesus this year, wow, we'd add 300 more new believers. So when you feed a new passion, you starve an old passion to death. This is what I found to be true in my life. As I walk in the Spirit, live God's way, the old ways of the flesh, the old nature, the old temptations begin to lose their grip because my focus is on the things of God, on my love for the Lord. God says, just walk this way. Just do the things he asks you to do. And as you do that, moment by moment, step by step, day by day, as you're being filled by the Spirit of God and pursuing the things of God, it's not that suddenly you become sinless and perfect and never do anything wrong again. He's saying that you will no longer be filled fulfilling those old things. You'll be able to look back and say, that has not happened in a long time. Something has changed and all has to do with the focus of your mind and heart. Where you're headed, what you're pursuing, what you're following after. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit. Walk in the ways of God to follow after His way. This means you have a role to play because you're, do, you're the one doing the walking. It's your decision. How will you live your life? What will you pursue in your life? Temporary things that are meaningless in the end or things of eternal value in the life that God wants you to live. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So what Paul is saying in that verse is just follow Jesus. Stay sensitive to his leading. Stay in the word. Surrender to your life, your life to him daily. Ask him to point out things that need to be addressed or corrected in your life. Ask him if there's anything he wants you to let go of so I can get a hold of the fullness of life that he wants to have me to have. Keep asking him to show you truth. To walk in the spirit Again, is to live God's way. So a quick summary of point two is let's live God's way. Point three on how to live God's way so that you're free and you bear fruit is live by the Spirit, God's way, so your life produces fruit. So your life produces fruit. Galatians 5.22 through 23 
but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Key point here, key point. I don't do it, you don't do it, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our, life, in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against those things. So how does the Holy Spirit do that? I could do an entire sermon on each of those individual fruits. When you live God's way, the Spirit, Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The characteristics that God wants in our lives are seen in the ninefold spirit of fruit. Paul began with love because all the other fruit is really an outgrowth of these. I saw a quote in a, a website, allaboutgod.com, that I really liked. And it says... We'll get up on the screen there. Yeah, fruit of the Spirit, visible growth in Jesus Christ. Fruit of the Spirit is a biblical term that sums up the nine visible attributes of a true Christian life. Using the King James Version of Galatians 5, and 23, the attributes are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. We learn from Scripture that these are not individual fruits, from which we pick and choose. Rather, the fruit of the Spirit is one ninefold fruit that characterizes all who truly walk in the Holy Spirit. Collectively, these are the fruits that all Christians should be producing in their new lives in Jesus Christ. This is not something we do. It's something the Holy Spirit does in us. People around us are starving for love and joy and peace and all the other fruits of the Spirit. When they find them in our lives, See that that's something they lack. We do not bear fruit for our own consumption. We bear fruit that others might be fed and helped and that God be glorified. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to shine in us, we become captivating to others wherever we are. Quick uh, summary of point three. Let's live God's way so that our lives shine to the whole world. Let's live God's way so our lives shine to the whole world. So let's pray. Some of you here today may be living life on your own without Jesus Christ. You may not have a personal relationship with God. If that's you today, make this your prayer. You don't have to say it aloud. As I read it, say me too silently. Jesus, I don't understand all this. I just know I need you. I need to be saved from my sin. I need to be saved from myself. So I'm opening my life and my heart to you today. I ask that you forgive me. I ask you to come into my life, to put me on the right path, to show me how to live a life that's pleasing to you. I surrender to you. I ask you to have, I ask you to save me and to be my Lord, to direct my life. And I pray that in your name, Lord Jesus, amen. If you committed your life to Jesus just now, let us know by checking the box. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.